It's Thursday the 10th of August and welcome to another episode of Demolition News Radio. Before we start the latest show, this is just a quick reminder. If you're an employer looking for staff or if you're a demolition worker looking for a new job, make sure you check out demolitionjobs.co.uk. That's demolition-jobs.co.uk. There are some great new jobs listed there as we speak, so go check it out. And before we start the show properly, this is just a quick shout out to Andy Hare at Northern Track, the attachment specialist, and has been suffering from ill health recently and apparently is back in hospital. So if you're listening, Andy, get well soon. Uh, we miss you on Facebook. Literally, as we were about to start recording this episode, we heard that this show is now available as a podcast on Google Play Music. That means that if you have an Android device, you can now take these shows with you wherever you go. We're expecting to receive another notification shortly to say that the podcast is available through iTunes, so we'll keep you posted. This show is brought to you by Hydroquip, the UK's largest independent provider of on-site hose repairs. Call 0845 812 for the 24-7 national call-out service. Or download the Hydroquip Job Manager app for iOS and Android devices from the App Store. If you have been listening to these shows from the beginning, or if you're a regular on demolitionnews.com, you will know that we recently introduced the Demolition Club. This is a paid subscription service that provides us with some additional financial backing and which provides our patrons and subscribers with early access and exclusive content that's just not available elsewhere. Now, To operate this subscription service we're using an online platform called Patreon which at the time of recording only takes payments in US dollars. Now maybe that explains the weird imbalance in subscriptions so far. To date, over half of all our subscribers are based in America, while only a fraction are in my backyard here in the UK. Another possible explanation is that Patreon is, in effect, a service that allows customers to leave a tip. Now this is something that is hardwired into American culture. Obviously tipping exists here in the UK, but it's probably not quite as prevalent. Either way, we are grateful of all contributions, regardless of their country of origin. These contributions prompted us to start this show. They prompted us to produce several of our latest videos over on Demolition TV, and they fueled my desire to finish writing another demolition-related book before the end of the year. And speaking of books, the postman finally arrived yesterday with the initial copies of my new book, Renaissance, Why JCB is the Apple of the Digger World. Those first copies have already gone in the post to friends, family, those that collaborated me, with me on the book, and a few hand-picked members of the construction press. So if you want a copy, you'll need to go to Amazon and search for Renaissance, why JCB is the apple of the digger world. Failing that, you can head over to demolitionnews.com and follow the link provided there. Why do the wheels of justice turn so slowly? A few months ago I found myself reporting on the prosecution of a UK demolition company that had been found guilty in the death of a worker who'd fallen down a lift shaft. 
It was only when I was halfway through writing about the prosecution that I remembered that I'd covered the accident as well. Now, I am 52 years old and the old memory is not all that it once was. But the main reason I had forgotten about the initial incident was that it happened six years before. I reported not so long ago that the average time taken for the prosecution of a site fatality was now around four years. At the time, I predicted that the industry would not get any clarification on the true causes of the Didcot disaster much before 2020. I now realise that even this might prove to be optimistic. Now I realise that investigations have to be thorough. I realise that the investigation team must examine hundreds and even thousands of items of evidence. And I realise that thorough takes time. But there's more at stake here. For one thing, the families of those killed deserve answers. They deserve closure. And if it is proven that, that their relatives were the victim of negligence or bad practice, then they deserve compensation as well. But what if there is no case to answer? What if the cause remains unknown? or it was caused by something beyond the control of the contractor being prosecuted. That means that the contractor would have endured literally years of scrutiny and soul-searching soul for nothing. And what about the wider demolition industry, particularly in the case of Didcot? Didcot was just one of a number of coal-fired power stations that are slated for demolition. If those power stations contain an inherent weakness, or if there's something within the accepted methodology that might lead to a repeat of the Didcot disaster, we need to know about it today, not in 2020. This morning brought news that the directors of George Hunter Demolishers Limited have been disqualified for allowing the company to continue to incur liabilities, despite knowing a petition to wind up the company was before the court. An investigation by the Insolvency Service revealed that the directors had allowed the company to trade to their own benefit and incur further liabilities to the detriment of creditors in full knowledge that HMRC had presented a winding up petition to the court on the 14th of January 2015 and the company's liquidation on the 20th of April 2015. Now I don't know the entire background to this story and I certainly don't know the directors well enough to pass judgement but I know what I would do if I found myself in their position. I would have done precisely the same thing. When you're faced with escalating debts, and trust me, I can relate more than I care to mention, pretty much the only option available to the working man is to try to earn their way out of that debt. Now it's different for me, with the exception of print costs and the occasional extravagant purchase of a new biro, my business runs almost without overheads. That's not the case for a demolition company. As we've mentioned before, they need to pay staff, pay for fuel and pay for insurance in the possibly vain hope of turning those investments into hard-earned cash. If the case is as clear-cut as the insolvency service would have us believe, I certainly cannot condone what the directors of Hunter Demolition are alleged to have done, but I can sure as understand it. Thanks for listening.